Hello, everyone, and welcome. I'm Vedahi, and I'll be the MC for this session. It is my pleasure to introduce Catherine Lowe. Catherine is responsible for group support at the Centre for Effective Altruism and a community manager at Effective Altruism Australia New Zealand. She supports EA groups worldwide through her role with CEA and is heavily involved in community building projects across New Zealand and Australia. Before that, she managed the Students for High Impact Charity program and taught science, physics and ethics at a high school level. Today, she will be talking about building a strong community through effective altruism groups. We will be starting with a 15-minute talk by Catherine and move on to a live Q&A where uh, she will respond to some of your questions. So without further ado, here's Catherine. Hi, I'm Catherine. Uh, today, I'll be talking about how the Centre for Effective Altruism has been thinking about community building, uh, some goals that effective altruism groups can have, and I'll outline some of the support that's available to group organisers. So down here in New Zealand, I run a small effective altruism group in my hometown of Christchurch, and I also help run the National New Zealand Group. So these are some of the Kiwis at the last retreat that we had. My role at the Centre for Effective Altruism is to support EA group organisers around the world so with resources that might help them, advice, funding for activities, and to help them get connected to other people in the community that might help them. And I'm in a really privileged position to be able to talk to dedicated group organisers from all over the world. So across the world, there's about 200 active effective altruism groups uh, getting together to learn about EA and spend time with each other. Uh, they're based in universities, cities, workplaces. There are national groups and some online-only groups. And 42 of these groups are based across Asia Pacific. So first of all, uh, what is CEA hoping for with its supportive groups? So this year, CEA has been working on its strategy. And this is an evolving thing, so it's, it could be changing. Um, but here's our current mission and vision. So the vision is a world where leaders, thinkers, and philanthropists are guided by impartially altruistic truth-seeking principles. So to unpack that a little bit, um, impartially altruistic means caring without respect to race, gender, or physical or temporal distance or species. Uh, leaders are people with influence. So it's not just politicians, but it could be uh, advisors of politicians, policymakers, and activists. Uh, thinkers are people who form and spread ideas. So it could be writers or researchers. And philanthropists is anybody who has influence over where money goes. So it's important to note that there are many valuable ways that people can contribute to, e to effective altruism and to making the world a better place, um, whether or not they identify as leaders, thinkers, and philanthropists. Um, these are just three types of influential people that the Centre for Effective Altruism wants to have making decisions based on EA principles. And to create this outcome, here's our mission. It's to build a community of students and professionals acting on EA principles by nurturing high-quality discussion spaces. So CEA is mostly focused on students and young professionals. So that's partly because young people are likely to be developing their worldview and career path, and so they could have a larger impact over the long term. And also, we've been involved in helping build student groups for a long time, so it's where our skills lie. Um, other effective altruism orgs are working to recruit people who are further on in their career. So where groups come in is we can provide a space to have these high-quality discussions so people can uh, dig deep into EA ideas and have a supportive community. And we know groups are doing this because in the last effective altruism survey run by Rethink Priorities, about a quarter of the survey respondents said that groups were a key part of their journey in effective altruism. 
So to help us achieve these lofty goals, here are some goals that groups can have. And we think a lot of groups could have these goals. And if they did, that that would help them generate a lot of value in the world. So the first one is to help people learn deeply about effective altruism. Now, you don't need to have a super deep understanding of everything to have some positive impact. So, for example, plenty of people outsource their donation decisions to uh, GiveWell or the EA Funds fund managers, um, and that's great. But most, my, I guess is that most of the impact of your group will come from a small number of people who are the most engaged. So I think many groups could have a larger impact over the long term if they moved some of the energy spent on introducing people to effective altruism towards getting this deeper learning for a few. And this was a shift in my mindset, actually, over the last few years, too. Um, It didn't take very much uh, exposure to EA for me to get, like, really involved and um, start dedicating my life to, to doing good. So I kind of assumed that there'd be like loads of Catherines out there that like all they'd need was just to be told that EA exists and then they'd go off and do good in their various different ways. Um, so that led me to do, concentrate initially on doing a whole bunch of outreach um, and talking to loads of people about EA. But actually, I was pretty disappointed actually in the outcome. Um, so my thinking now is at the stage of the evolution of the movement, only a very small percentage of people that are exposed to the ideas of EA will jump fully in just by learning the basics. Um, It seems that the follow-up is really important. So that's the community, the in-depth discussions, the conferences, mentoring, uh, et cetera. They're extremely important. The second goal is to support people to act on the EA principles. Ideally, after someone spent a bit of time grappling with EA ideas. Um, We found that additional knowledge can dramatically change people's views about how they how they can best make an impact. So giving people learning opportunities um, first, and a lot of these learning opportunities before them uh, taking action is like the best plan if possible. So one example was a person I spoke to the other week, and um, this was a guy who'd learned about EA a couple of years ago and enrolled in a population health master's with a, with a dream to becoming like an analyst, an analyst for GiveWell. Um, and a couple of years later, they, which is like this year, they attended an Oxford in-depth fellowship, uh, which uh, which was being run online, so they could attend from elsewhere. And that fellowship caused them to really internalize some of the arguments for existential risks, and also they realized that they actually possess some of the research skills that the community needs to reduce these risks. So now they're significantly reevaluating their course prioritization and their career plans. They're excited about this, but um, their path to having an impact might have been a bit shorter if they'd engaged with more content sooner. So finally, we also want the EA community to thrive over the long term and groups can play a great role in um, helping the trajectory of the community. So actions that you could take to achieve these goals. So the first thing would be for you to have a good baseline of effective altruism knowledge so you can then help others learn. So engaging with high-quality content, this could be participating in a fellowship run by another group. Um, A bunch of groups are welcoming um, people to their online fellowships. Uh, You could read the content in the EA newsletter, listen to ADK podcasts, read great books like Doing Good Better or Precipice. And then 
help your group engage with high quality content. So there's so much to learn. And uh, so group organizers can play a really great role in helping select really good resources uh, for people to read. Uh, and through their facilitation, group organizers can help create excellent discussion spaces. So by that thinking, uh, discussions where people are really aiming to get closer to the truth, uh, they're working to understand each other's perspectives, um, they're open to weird ideas and are willing to change their mind. So you probably want some different activities for people at different stages in their effective altruism learning so that you're able to have uh, people dig deep into effective altruism ideas um, without worrying that the newcomers uh, maybe don't understand. So you can have like advanced and, and more introductory activities. So some examples of how you could do this, uh, fellowships. Um, there's a round an eight-week course of set readings, weekly discussions and activities. Um, they're, it's shown to be an excellent way of getting people um, really thinking about EA principles. One-on-one uh, -on -one conversations can provide like tailored information and help dispel misconceptions. Uh, and just general discussion groups, especially things like book, book clubs and podcast discussions and discussion groups where people are reading an article before they come along. Or you can just lend people books. There is no need to reinvent the wheel, though, because all of these things other groups are doing and trying out and improving upon. So, um, so have a look at what other groups are doing. So the next uh, goal is to help your group members take action. So the types of actions that you might be looking for, things like this. So changing donations or taking a giving what we can pledge. Uh, choosing a course of study or maybe choosing a thesis topic for their undergraduate or master's thesis that um, works on, it is about how to do good better. Volunteering either for like your EA group or other organisations or taking an internship that will either help them do good or um, help them gain career capital so that they can do more good in the future uh, and changing career paths. So, the ways that you could help with that as a group organizer. One-on-ones, um, again, seem to be very valuable. Lots of groups say that this is a great way to help individuals work out what their path is. Career guidance, and Hugh and Alex uh, from EA Oxford are running a workshop on how to give your group members um, assistance with their career decisions. So go along to that. Uh, connections to opportunities like volunteering or job opportunities, uh, and connections to other people in the communities through conferences, meetups, and mentoring. It's also very valuable to just provide encouragement, encourage people to do um, more good than they did last year. And also, you can help by fostering a great community. So I think one of the things that um, is really helpful to help people do good is having an environment where it just seems normal to dedicate their resources to making the world a better place and to think really hard about that. Um, so that's what you guys can do. Um, and the final goal was to help the trajectory of the community. So this would be work on making your group a really nice place to be, um, including for a diversity of backgrounds, people with a, a range of backgrounds. So to tackle these big problems that we want to tackle, we do need people from a wide range of backgrounds and the lack of diversity and effective altruism currently could be one of our big constraining factors. So uh, Courtney from EA Perth and Neil from EA Sydney are going to be running a workshop on making your group welcoming this weekend. So I recommend you come along. 
Uh, the other one is to uh, give great communication of EA ideas. So accurately uh, transmitting ideas means not only do you say correct things, but you actually check in with the other people to make sure they're actually understanding you so that we kind of reduce the misconceptions about um, about what effective altruism is. And also making sure that you're not exaggerating claims. Um, and also finally, seek advice Bounce your ideas off other people, especially if you're trying something new or ambitious. So many things that have really high upsides um, can also have really big downsides if not pulled off well. So there's a big community that have tried lots of different things. So use the hive mind to help um, get advice and avoid your actions backfiring. Now, everything I just said might feel pretty ambitious. Um, so groups, groups don't need to do all of those things. Um, these were just some examples. Um, if you are lacking in time, you could just focus on one thing. So you could uh, just run occasional discussion groups uh, and you can still use things like the fellowship curriculums uh, to help choose the content. Um, you could be a presence in a community, so either a city or a country, so that if people stumble upon effective altruism, uh, they can reach out to you and have a one-on-one, -on -one, have a coffee or a walk or something, and you can help those people connect to the wider community. And you don't have to offer the whole EA experience for all your members. Um, there's heaps of other things going on that you can uh, send the opportunities to your, to your members. So online fellowships run by other groups. These highly recommend these. Uh, there's plenty of online events happening that are posted on the EA Online Events Facebook and so the next thing, um, I, I realize a bunch of you here listening might be here because you're thinking of starting a group. Um, so just a few points on that. So the ideal group organizer will have um, a solid understanding of effective altruism. So that can do a great job of explaining your concepts and um, responding to questions. Uh, ability to connect well with a range of different people and make them feel really welcome. Uh, organizational skills and some time available and ideally a co-organizer to um, provide backup and help especially if you've got skills or knowledge gaps. So to prepare to start a group uh, we recommend you join those fellowships run by other groups, uh, join online events and join EA Anywhere which is a it's an online only group. It basically acts as a local group for people who don't have local groups so they have regular meetings and discussions and speaker events. All these things will help you learn, but also give you practice talking about effective altruism and some experience seeing how groups are run. And of course, please talk to me. I would love to chat to you if you're interested in studying a group. And just in general, though, you don't have to go it alone. There's heaps of uh, resources and support available. So this document linked here has got a bunch of resources um, for you to have a look at. We've got CEA um, has a groups team and a community health team to help out. So here are a few people in our teams. We've got Katie, Harry, and me from the groups team. Uh, Julia is um, the point person if you have any like community concerns or any problems with your group, she can help you out. And Sky um, is around if you have any like media inquiries. So if you're contacted by a journalist or would like to do um, some, some big media outreach, talk to Sky and she can help you. Uh, and of course, there's lots of other group organizers who can help. This weekend coming up, we've got lots of activities for you too. So there's an organizers icebreaker. Uh, there is a workshop on how to make your group members 
um, make effective career plans, uh, welcoming this workshop. And of course, you can schedule a chat with me. Really happy to talk to as many group organizers as I can this weekend. So find me on Swapcard. Thanks. Thank you for that talk, Catherine. So I see that we've had a number of questions come in. So we can just begin with the first one. Uh, so Catherine, another Catherine asks, what are some activities uh, that groups can undertake which have proven to be particularly effective? Right, so there's, I guess there's been three types of activities that seem to have like really high ratings as far as people finding them useful or, or getting them involved. Um, so one is the introductory fellowships or in fact any fellowships, the introductory and in-depth ones, they seem to be really highly rated and move people from knowing very little to knowing a whole bunch and often then getting really involved in the EA group. Uh, another one is having one-on-one -on -one conversations with group members. Um, people seem to be like really enjoy them and really help bond the community together. Um, and the final one that always gets really high, uh, high sort of uh, rate uh, feedback is retreats. Um, retreats take a lot of time to organize. Um, they're more like, often more like unconferences where people have lots of activities um, and, and workshops. Um, but they do spending a few days in each other's company, um, working on EA projects and, and discussing seems to really, uh, really bond the group together and um, motivate people a lot. Great. So um, another question um, asks about uh, how universal do you think your advice is um, to focus on more committed EAs rather than reaching out to newcomers? Um, I, I think it depends on, on where your group is at. Like if your group is brand new, you will definitely have to reach out to newcomers. Um, but I, I still think that as soon as you've got, um, you know, a small group of people, even, you know, half a dozen people, um, being able to support them to learn deeply uh, will be useful while you still spend a small, smaller proportion of your time uh, reaching out to new people. And um, that's my guess at the moment. Um, yeah, um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. This is all all based on impressions of how groups have performed in the past. Um, it's not really solid evidence yet. Great. And two questions from um, two questions on fellowships. So, firstly, um, how can someone uh, apply for a fellowship, an EA fellowship? Right. Well, um, on the resources, which key resources, which are linked at the bottom of the video, um, I've got a link where you can sign up uh, to get more information about the Oxford In-Depth Fellowship, which would be great for group organisers or particularly engaged members to, to join. Um, yeah, there's, there's no... I need to sort this out, but there's no great way to, to sign up for the fellowships um, for the in, intro fellowships run by other groups. But if you join the EA Group Slack or the EA Group's Facebook page, which are both linked, um, you'll get a notification as soon as there's opportunities for you or your group members to join somebody else's fellowship. Great. And how can an EA Group start a fellowship program? Right. Well, um, you could definitely have a chat with me um, and I can give you all the resources, but I have linked a few of the resources um, and there's also support available as far as like other people that run resources, that run fellowships on the EA group Slack that you can ask questions. But yeah, you certainly just schedule a time to chat with me and, uh, and I can talk you through the process um, if that's easiest, but have a look at the resources too. Great. And another question about how groups can or should coordinate um, a online given the issues with COVID. So are there any really successful or uh, examples here of groups 
organizing and coordinating. Yeah, there's been some some cool, like amazing things that happened. I think, like given how terrible this uh, this pandemic has been, there's been a few little silver linings. So one has been uh, the Stanford group and the Harvard group have been amazing like this. They've like invited loads of groups around the world to advertise their fellowships. And so that's been really neat. So for example, the Stanford group has invited Erasmus University at in the Netherlands to sort of co-run their fellowship. So that way that's a brand new group at Erasmus University and so that they can kind of like get the experience of running a fellowship in conjunction with more experienced group organisers. So there's been a few things like that where newer groups have been able to piggyback on what more experienced groups have done. Um, and that's, yeah, that's worked really surprisingly well, actually, I think. Mm -hmm. And what do you think about the value of social events versus more structured discussion groups? Oh, I think social events are um, really important to, you know, community because I think yeah like having a community around you with friends that are interested in doing good is really important um I think I'm not sure what the best ratio is but I guess one thing to note is that if you're like only doing social events you can have people come along and maybe not that know not know that much about EA and so if they're just continuing to come along but they're not learning much you might not they might not be getting that much value from the discussions with other people who don't know that much about EA so I would sort of suggest having social events um maybe have some social events just for the more engaged members um, and mix up your social events and discussion groups and other kind of learning exam learning activities. And what do you think the main bottlenecks or barriers are for EA groups um, or the key mistakes perhaps that EA groups make? I, I guess these are two questions. <laughs> two separate questions. I, group organizer time is the main bottleneck. That's what consistently group organizers say in the survey. I would be able to do much more if I had more time um, or more organizers to help me. Um, they're consistently doing things wrong. I don't think that there's anything that groups are consistently doing wrong. I think everybody's doing a, a pretty good job, but yeah, I would sort of nudge people to do more content. Mm -hmm. And um yeah, so we have, uh, that is the end of our session. Um, I think we perfectly managed to cover all the questions. So <laughs> yes, thanks everyone for watching and thank you, Catherine. Thanks, Riley.